Welcome to the Man Up to Cancer podcast. I'm Trevor Maxwell. I'm a stage four colon cancer survivor, and I've got a message for other men. You don't have to go through this alone. What does it mean to man up to cancer? It means reaching out instead of isolating. It means having the courage to accept help along the way. To me, manning up isn't just about being tough. It's about knowing that we're stronger and smarter as a pack than we are as lone wolves. Hello, everyone, and welcome to 2021. Uh, Welcome to the Man Up to Cancer podcast. Today, I have my first repeat guest. I'm going to tell you who it is in a second. So Man Up to Cancer is kind of an anniversary edition. Uh, I started Man Up to Cancer one year ago, basically, as a call to action. No man should be going through cancer in isolation. Isolation when you're going through cancer is bad news. So that's what it's all about. The old path for men with cancer is that you go it alone. And the new path that we're trying to blaze here is that we go as a pack. So I wanted to have a group component for this concept. So I, I started The Howling Place, which is a private group on Facebook for all men impacted by cancer, patients, survivors, caregivers. And Joe Bullock was the first person I reached out to. I asked Joe to help me build up and oversee this special group of extraordinary gentlemen. And man, did he step up in a huge way. Joe came on board right away, brought in a huge network of cancer guys uh, that he was friends with on Facebook, and he has become the lead administrator for The Howling Place. Joe has a huge heart. He is known as the guy who will drop everything to help someone in need, even when he really shouldn't be dropping everything, but uh, he's working on it. So yeah, Joe was the first guest on the Man Up to Cancer podcast back in July 2020. Joe, welcome back to the show, man. Thank you, Trevor. We uh, survived 2020, I see. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we I, did. I, I mean, I remember you and I discussing this back in January when we were talking about pulling this together. We thought, what a year to try to pull this together. Like, we didn't right. even realize where we were going. We had no idea what was coming in terms of uh, 2020 turning into the circus that it became. Because when we started this thing, it was a normal year. Um, right. right. I like, uh, Jan- so right around end of December, early January, 2020, we started rolling with all this stuff and then craziness hit pandemic hit, which actually turned it out to be a, that actually turned out to be amazing w- when it comes to the group, because so many people, so many guys facing cancer all of a sudden had that double isolation of COVID so that we could be there for those guys and they could be there for us. That ended up being a great thing about 2020. Right, exactly. Like just um, not not realizing the need that was like I think we knew the need was there, but I yeah. think it I think it was convincing. I think we always had to convince the guys to a certain extent that the need was there, and I think as we got into that isolation, we realized we really did need <laughs> something. You know, we needed to cry out. You know, <laughs> so yeah, absolutely. And the Howling Place now has more than eight hundred and fifty members from yeah. around the U.S. and several countries um, worldwide. So the level of engagement and activity in this group is through the roof. Members have made friends for life. Some have met people nearby to them and they've gotten together. Yes. Some have received guidance from other members that has actually changed the the course of their treatment and what they're doing for their cancers. So the impact has been such a ripple effect and you have been at the heart of that. Um, just big picture, reflect on on what that's been like for the past year. 
Oh, I, I mean, some of the guys have even posted about, you know, you and I went through some amount of therapy um, through our through our through our own treatment. Oh, we yeah. continue to. <laughs> and, you know, we, we, but we've had guys actually come in the group and, and go on to ask for therapy because they felt comfortable doing it because of the relationships they built in the group. And, right. they, you know, and um, and definitely I mean, I've met probably about 20 guys locally through the Wolfpack. Yeah. This year alone that I didn't have those connections before from just from just what the work we've done, you know, Alex Vapon and Brian Brave and um, these guys just locally. Yeah. I mean, what, what a year. What a year. What a year, buddy. Thank you for everything yeah. that you, you have done and continue to do. I mean, you are an all star advocate when it comes to this mission. And. And it's really about the friendships like, you know, like you said, some of those guys, and there's just too many to name here, but we've mm-hmm. become friends with so many good, good friends. These are real friendships. Right. Um, and, and we are close to these people. And man, I've never felt more supported in my own journey. Um, I know when I'm having a rough day or feeling that anxiety or a scan coming up mm-hmm. or get bad news, mm-hmm. like I know that I have a place to go to, to connect and, and, talk to those friends, whether I need to vent or whether I'm feeling great and just need to, Hey, like, like pump people up. Right. So, right. Exactly. I mean, for, and for you and I, we're, we're in kind of separate journeys because you're, you're in the midst of your fight with stage four. Right. I'm on the other side of it in stage three. And I mean, you know, I have scans coming up next month and, you know, with, with, with cancer, you never know what could pop up. But I, I know now I'm more confident going into a scan because mm. I know I, ha- I have a wolf pack to rely on. I yes, have a place yes. that if something did happen, and and, and we're not about talk. We don't necessarily. We're not. We are more of an emotional support group. We don't really talk about treatments. We don't. We definitely don't talk about cures. Right. That's definitely against the rule. But the guys, it's encouraged the guys to go back to the different cancer groups and to get support. Yes. Whereas maybe they wouldn't do it before. Yeah, know? absolutely. No, you hit the nail on the head. Like, so we're that like. We're that social club. We're that yeah. uh, lodge. That that lodge in the woods where we're going to kick back and and uh, have a have a alcoholic beverage or maybe a coffee, right? Uh, right. And and shoot the right. shit as we say. But right. we can also connect those folks. So we get a lot of people coming in and and maybe they're not confident with their team or they don't know what they're doing with treatment or they don't or they have a lot of questions about their cancer and we're able to connect them with other with individuals and with groups um, to say, hey, you know. If you're, if you want to learn about treatment options, like for example, with colorectal cancer, we can say, you know, here's some folks to connect with at Colon Town, or here's the, some links, um, with fight CRC or CCA. Um, so mm-hmm. we're able to act as a connector for a lot of uh, men where we yes. can do the social side of it and then connect them with others who do the treatment side of it. And, you know, we've been able to reach out to groups like the Male Breast Cancer Coalition. MBCC, we've, we've exactly. Out, you know, we've reached out. Um, we have connections with uh, Prostate Zero, um, guys in the group that are connected to that group. So, yep. yes, we're definitely – what was we thought was a colon cancer group going in? It's probably about 80% of our guys because that's where we right. – that's where our relationships were stemming from in the beginning. But we've gone on to build all these great connections and continue all to cancers, do that. Yeah, all types of cancer, all yeah. stages. Uh, exactly. We focus on what we have in common 
not what separates us. And that's part of the kind of the secret sauce. And and I think what's been surprising at that there is nothing like this in these other men's groups, like in the prostate zero and male breast cancer coalition, there wasn't a place to howl for a lot of these men, um, which has been very surprising to find out that we created something that um, is for men created by men for men. By men for men. And man, we, we definitely need to howl my friend, right? Yes. Yes. (laughs) So Joe does a monthly roundup, and most months he is talking about men in the group who are involved in service projects or have their own nonprofits or involved in other uh, nonprofits, people who are involved in serving their communities. And this past month in December, Joe, you wrote a very heartfelt essay, a personal essay about your own transformation, you know, your transformation from patient to advocate. And, and man, wow. So anyone going out there, you can find this at manuptocancer.com. Just click on Joe's Wolfpack Trailblazer and, and check this out. Read this because, uh, man, I mean, I think the thing that stands out the most is you come from this background of you talk a lot about your dad and, and the relationship that you had. And, and the great part yeah. was toward the end when he passed away from cancer, you were able to be his caregiver and 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 kind of get over some of the, uh, ooh, man, because you guys did not have a great relationship. And you talk in this essay about the things that, that you know, you sort of heard from him, like toughen up, don't be a baby, like stop crying about it. Nobody wants to hear your thoughts or feelings. Like this is really hard stuff to hear from a dad. And now you've transformed this and you're turning around to, to tell other men like, hey, no, it's okay to, it's okay to express your pain. Um, talk a little bit about how you were able well, to get from that that place to this place. I mean, a lot of it from my dad was how he was raised, part of that that generation and that prior generation and being a farmer and how they were mm. kind of raised in this kind of tough generation. Um, and yeah, to, to face that with him, because we hadn't really spoken in 10 years prior to his diagnosis mm. and prior to... Well, I don't say diagnosis. He never really wanted to deal with his diagnosis. He was one of these men that just sort of pushed it to the side until it was too late. And to get involved with him and to put aside a lot of my hurt, and some of it came from a a chaplain who was at the hospital who pulled me aside one day and said, I can tell you, I, I can tell you're here for your dad but I can tell that you're having a lot of frustration. There seems to be a lot of, Mm. uh, you know, your relationship, I can tell is very, um, you're you're struggling with it and and being with him. But he was really challenged me and and prayed with me about just really being able to give my dad this peace he needed right now. And for me, that was really hard um, to to do that and to give him that space. But I knew that, I knew that, it, I, I he had said and I had said we both came that it would I would be blessed for that and I didn't know what that meant at the time because I at that point didn't even know anything as far as diagnosis. This is a year out from me being being diagnosed, and um, and I lost both and I, and you know, I said earlier mm-hmm. in the podcast you know earlier in the year that I had lost both my parents during that period so it was it was a really hard time for me um, to even face my own cancer because I was dealing with all the emotional trauma that had come from losing them. Um, but to be able to put that aside and just give him that peace and to give him that forgiveness, um, I think it, it definitely blessed me when I 
got diagnosed and dealing with some of that. Having to deal with that emotional trauma then helped me deal with the emotional trauma now. Um, and I don't know if it was because some of it I wonder, because as a, because of what my dad and I went through and some of the emotional trauma I went through, I was able to separate that to some extent. And I think going into all of this, somehow I'm able to separate the emotion, which has been a, an interesting uh, for me to deal with in, in that way. But When I think about the generational stuff and how we're talking about this new path of, of going through cancer as a pack, it's not to say, it's not to condemn those past generations. Like no, th- no. those people did not, it wasn't, you know, that idea of like toughening up and just doing things on your own. I know that came from a good place, but it's just for cancer. I don't, I think we're coming to this place where we re- we realize that isolation just isn't, isn't helpful. And so right. it's not, it's not that we're, you know, again, angry at th- or, or think that people were trying to be malicious in the past. It's just mm-hmm. that there's an evolution now where we can still be tough, like that toughness and that yeah. grit and that, you know, Hey, get up and move. That's definitely still embraced. Like we, we embrace that in the wolf pack, but the, what now we're just adding in this new piece of that. You don't need to do that alone. You can still be tough and, and be, right. and bring your toughness to cancer, but you also can be surrounded by this pack because we know that as an individual, you're vulnerable, just like in a wolf pack system, like the, the lone wolf is vulnerable but the pack gives protection and and gives that lone wolf a a place to to lead sometimes and also be protected sometimes so it's 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 kind of just adding in that pack mentality mm-hmm. to the toughness does that is that sort of how you feel about it yeah because i remember and i i i wrote this in the trailblazer mm. i remember in the beginning i would hear my dad's voice when i went through surgery recovery from surgery when i was starting chemo I would hear his voice and I would hear those things as far as, you know, get up, move when I was in the hospital, you know, quit, you know, those, those things would stop feeling sorry for yourself, start feeling sorry (laughs) for yourself. And uh, even dreaming about him while I was in the hospital, Mm -hmm. but that was very short lived because then the emotions start hitting you and the thoughts of reoccurrence and, and the sadness and the, and and just the depression that comes with just going through chemotherapy alone. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. (laughs) You know? And, uh, (laughs) So, and realizing early on that that I couldn't, I, I that that feeling those things wasn't helping me, and that I, I needed more help. Yeah, I needed more help through therapy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, well done. I mean that that essay and and the fact that you are sharing about that and talking about how your own transformation and putting that on on paper and putting that out to the world is is super helpful. So well yeah. done. Um, I want to talk about the pup pack. So yes. one of the things we wanted to do with the Howling Place is make sure that it was different than other groups. One of the ways that it's different is that we try to, not only do we try to encourage service, you know, service by our members, but we wanted to do right. service project for the group itself. So we came up with this idea. We have some children, um, some kids that are part of our community. So we have caregivers in the group, men who are caregivers to children with cancer. We also have um, some teenagers going through cancer that are part of our community, not inside the group, but related to it through people we know. 
And so, so we have this group of, of young people, these, these kids that we really care about that are facing cancer. And we said, what can we do to support these families this year? So we came up with the Pup Pack Holiday Fundraiser. And, and that was to raise money that, that would go directly to these. We, we determined this year that we could support these five families um, financially. And so we put out a call for help. Um, and we were able to raise more than $8,000. And I will say 5,000 of that came from one anonymous donor within the Howling Place. So thank you to that person for stepping up in a huge way. Like what a massive donation. And then we were able to raise about $3,000 through other donations, mostly from the Wolfpack, but also outside in our social media community. And we were able to, um, to give some checks to those families. And I want to, I just want to say right now on, you know, for both of us, thank you to everyone who participated in that, who shared about that, who donated to that. We know that a lot of people are facing their own financial struggles. So to be able to care for the vulnerable people, the, the most vulnerable people in our community, these children, really means a great deal to us. And I'll let you, Joe, go ahead and share your thoughts on what that means to you. Well, it was, it was really important to me. Ooh, um, yeah. Ooh, so when I, um, when I went up to Maine to visit you, I remember um, that, that was such a great weekend. And then I was driving back, stayed in Connecticut for a night drove back again the next morning and I was heading into New York city and I pulled off one of the rest stops to get, to get some breakfast and got my food, got back to the car. I just happened to glance at my phone and got the message that Larry Vincent had passed away. Mm. So that was, that was hard. Um, unexpe- I mean, I knew he had, some, I knew something was going on, but I, I didn't know. He was very private about his, about his cancer diagnosis. And this is Jane, this is Jane Oaks grandfather who was also his caregiver at the time, who was a, a member of our pup pack, a wolf pack. Yeah. And um, so as I was driving back from New York, um, I, I knew we needed to do more. And I think we had already kind of established the, the plan for the pup pack. Right. And that just reinforced what I thought we needed to do, that the need was so great. Because um, now Jane Vincent, his caregiver and grandmother, was now a single parent. Um, right and financially for these for these families it's just it's sometimes it's getting their getting the gas to get their kids to treatment or putting food on the table yeah i mean <sighs> and they're, they're and some of them are having to travel i mean to get to a major cancer center which is where they have to get their treatment it's like a two or three hour drive it's not like it's you know luckily with me being in durham north carolina i have duke hospital and duke cancer center 20 minutes up the road you know and for a lot of these um, patients, um, it's a three or four hour drive just to get treatment. Yeah, the, the financial you're coping. These families are coping with child with cancer. I mean, so on top of the emotional turmoil and the logistical turmoil, and then the financial is just incredible. And it, it's hard because you know we're just we're just this you know, small group. And, and and we wish we could do more and, and help more. Like the need is, the need is really infinite. Like there's, there's thousands of these families that we would love to be able to help. So mm-hmm. that's the hard part is to be able to say like, you know what, we can only help a handful, but you know what, a handful is, is better than none. So. Well, I mean, we've been able to do small things like with Bobby um, Turhan, 
when his son's birthday came up back in July. Yeah. Um, one of them, he wanted a Switch, a Nintendo Switch, because th- those really are comforting to children when they're going through treatment. It gets their, it d- d- distracts them when they're going through treatment. And, but they didn't have the finances to do that. And um, I can't remember the member's name, but he was in um, Canada and said, you know, I have this Switch that I'm just not using. Yeah. Let me send it to his son for his birthday. And that was huge. And there's tons of examples of that. Like, of it, that, very, yeah, it's very much like it's very grassroots. Someone has a need, and then we are able to sort of use the grassroots connections to to find someone who might have a solution. And with our, um, when I started all these card drives, I didn't realize all of the small grassroots foundations that are out there. Oh man, I had one reach out to me the other day who said, you know, we just want to help the family. We can't do a lot. We could might send them a gift card to pay for gas to get a treatment, or we right. could might could pay for their groceries. And I think that's what we were trying to do, is is create something that could just be a small offering to these families. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So so all the things that you've done and initiated with the card drives uh, for these, especially for these young people, um, and then working together to execute the Pup Pack holiday fundraiser has been. I think just a, ter- a terrific evolution of what we're doing with the group. For those who are getting to know Joe, he was a, a teacher for many years at the pre-K level. And now he has started to really have this sub-focus as a patient advocate for pediatric cancer and, and reaching out and helping these kids who are facing cancer um, and their families. That is something where cl- clearly, Joe, your advocacy is headed in that direction you're, and you're you're taking up a lot of um, your time to focus on that. So tell the folks. So Colon Town is one of our favorite organizations. It exists on Facebook, uh, private groups on Facebook. Specifically, it's run entirely by colorectal cancer patients, survivors, caregivers. And it is a peer-to-peer platform where people go to learn about colorectal cancer. And, and all you, you can join so many subgroups in Colon Town and learn about whatever you want, connect with whoever you want who are going through the same thing. But there is a development now in the works that Joe is right at the center of called Colon Town Junior. Tell people what that's all about. Well, I think, talk about this transition from patient to advocate. And for me this year, it's just been kind of um, figuring that out and searching that out. I, um, am, I am an ambassador for Fight CRC this year. Um, and in October, I completed a training with Colon Town as one of as their EPL um, training, empowered, yep, empowered, empowered pa- patient, patient leader. leader. Yep. And when I finished that in October, in fact, when I came back from Maine, I finished up the last couple of weeks. And um, the person that is over that teach that that class is part of Colon Town University. And when I finished that, that, the question they asked all the graduates was, is there a group that you would like to see started in Colon Town? And I, I had to think about it for a while, and, and, it, and it kept coming back to me about, you know, since working, since working with Jaden Oaks, um, Jane Vincent has been connecting me to all these other families um, across the country. Um, there's about... Seven families I'm currently working with that all all of their children are fighting stage four colorectal cancer. And um, to be yeah, and just to, yeah, so to clarify, these are kids. I think the youngest how is probably the youngest is uh, tw- twelve. Twelve. Yeah, there's two. That's Jackson and Jaden are both twelve. And then all the way up to you know seventeen. Age seventeen. Age seventeen. So so these are these are these are children 
with colorectal yes. cancer, uh, many of them, you know, advanced stage four. So go ahead, Joe. So realizing when after they asked what what would you group would you want to start, and in my mind I was like, well, it was kind of uh, seeing the need in that the pediatric colorectal cancer group because I think a lot of groups like CCA and Fight CRC and Colon Town have all helped these families in different ways. Yes, but there was no central group. Mm-hmm. There was no nothing connecting the families together. Right. And and so after getting that training with Colentown, it was kind of a, you know, that's what that and I presented it to them. And I went through Jason Randall, who is on the cabinet at Colentown. I just happened to mention to him. And you know, Jason, you just don't mention something to Jason. <laughs> so so within probably a few hours, I started getting contacted by the cabinet at Colentown and and uh Lindsay Emma and, and uh, you know, who's the mayor mm-hmm. of Colentown. Mm-hmm. And 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 they were all on board within a within a day of seeing this happen. And so um and so we now we've actually uh, initially started the the Colentown Junior Group, which all the families are a part of, and the cabinet at Colentown is a part of. It's not a part of Colentown proper at this point. It's actually, I think, going to be a separate entity mm-hmm. within itself. Yeah, um, so the details are still being worked out. But in yeah. general, you do have some momentum for creating a, a group that's gonna yes. that's gonna bring in these families of these yeah. of these kids. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I recently did a Zoom meeting with all the families, and they um, it was pretty incredible. It was over a two hour Zoom meeting. But it was the first time they had said they'd actually seen each other face to face and actually spoke to one another and, t- and got to share their stories with each other, which are, which was which was really tough, um, really tough. But it was I think they both felt it was it was needed. It was needed. This is just an awesome initiative. And I will give a shout out to Jason Randall, as you mentioned, yes. this yes. guy. I mean, well, also known as Sasquatch of the Midwest, yes. um, if you if. <laughs> <laughs> and I think he, he has a special connect with, with connection with Santa Claus for some reason. Yeah, recently, I think he might so. have a, he might have an in with Santa. <laughs> um, Jason is just a rock star, um, yeah. stage four colorectal cancer patient. He um, is back in treatment a little bit right now, hoping mm-hmm. to get back into the Ned into Nedville. Uh, for those yeah. of you listening, uh, no evidence of disease. Uh, we like to. Everyone wants to go live in Nedville, um, but Jason has been super instrumental in helping to lead the man up to cancer call to action. Um, and, and then also now as a cabinet member of Colon town. And I think he's involved with like, uh, you know, probably a million other groups. I mean, the guy, I don't know how he has the energy, uh, to do what he does, but he's just, he's brilliant first of all. So anytime I have like a, a question around anything cancer, like he's generally the first one who pops up, but thanks Jason for all the work you do. Before we get into the gauntlet of random questions, because I have a whole new round of questions no. for you today, okay. Joe. Yes, All right. All right. it's happening. Before right. we get there, is there any other thoughts about what we've discussed or 2021 that you want to talk about? I just encourage the guys that are are like me in the group who are in the lower stages to really stick with the group. Yeah. Um, continue to bring hope to the group. I know that's something that I wrote about in the Trailblazer, that there is a struggle um, there is a struggle because you don't feel like you belong, but just to let them know that they bring an extreme amount of hope to the group and, and to just and continue to fight along with the Wolfpack because it's much needed. Love it. All right. Well said. It is time for the gauntlet of random questions. Uh-oh. Joe Bullock, are you ready? I'm ready, I think. Okay. <laughs> 70s, 80s, or 90s. Oh, gosh. What's the best decade and why? 
Oh my goodness. Um, I think the nineties, cause it's when I started to grow in my own life, you know, I got married, um, <laughs> children. So, I mean, it, you know, the, the eighties were kind of, the eighties were just a strange era, you know, um, okay. through, through high school and the growing of, you know, ad, growing out of adolescence, <laughs> all that. But, but the nineties was more about adulthood and, and, and meeting my wife and having children. It was a good, good time. Ah, you life. just sounds like you just can't, you found yourself came into your own in the nineties. <laughs> right, 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 right. right. Uh, what is the, is there an embarrassing fashion trend that you used to rock? Oh gosh. Um, whether of clothes or hairstyle or oh, facial well, I remember, hair. Or... Do you, now, and this is really, do you remember sun in? Sun in, sun in. It's the stuff you'd spray on your hair. <laughs> it would blonde out your hair. So that the eighties, ninety people would know, but it would just basically, you know, it would blonde, it would, you know, blonde your hair out. So lighten up your that. hair, you little sun and all in. the and all the neon clothing. I remember wearing like these bright neon shirts and stuff, like the oh, whole man. the whole Fresh Prince era. Hi, so <laughs> I think, yeah, it's hyper color. Did you have the hyper the hyper color and the color changing shirts? Right, yes. you would put your hand on it and it would change colors and. Yeah, all that stuff is coming back though. All that stuff is returning slowly. So, you, so you just had two embarrassing fashion trends that you nailed. Right. Good job, right? Um, if you could see one movie again for the first time, what movie Gosh. would you want to see in the theater for the first time? I think the original Star Wars. Yeah, nice. The original Star Wars, I, and that was you know I remember begging my grandmother in Asheville, North Carolina, to take me to see it, and uh, she took me to see it. Um, yeah. That was pretty phenomenal to see that for the first time. So be honest. Uh, what's the longest you've been off social media in the past year? Gosh. I Three minutes. Three I, minutes. I, 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 just, <laughs> I, I, I haven't. I haven't. I mean, I mean yes. It's so funny. I recently did a retreat with uh, a group called uh, Windy River Retreats. And they do retreats for uh, cancer patients. Um and they talked about, one of the things we talked about was forest bathing, is going out in the forest and touching the earth and feeling the earth and having the Can you give a to notice earth. to all of North Carolina when you're going to be forest bathing so that, so that people can plan accordingly to so, stay, so, stay away? So I, I, I do try to take time to just do that, you know, to get, to get away from the phone and, and go for walks. And yes, I do try to take time. Yeah, okay. I I can't. I'm still stuck on the forest bathing. <laughs> <bathing. but laughs> that's that's I love I love it. Um, it. Michael Keaton, Christian Bale, or Ben Affleck, who played the best Batman? Michael Keaton was, I think, for me. Ding ding ding! Correct. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Last one. If you could only choose one weapon to use during the zombie apocalypse, what is Joe Bullock wielding? I think I want to like fire starter type thing, blazing. Like a flamethrower. Flamethrower. There we go. A flamethrower. That's what I want. <laughs> Love that. We all need, <laughs> we all need flamethrowers. We need a flamethrower. Yeah. When we get together, when we have our massive uh, man up to cancer gathering, we're going to do it, which is going to happen. We got to start planning for this that. Uh, do it. I've got, I have to get to my have like an, that's, an assortment of weapons. Ta- my tattoo. I mean, oh. that's, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. Uh, th- so you bring up, this is a great point to end on. Um, so when we started out this crazy mission, we said if we hit one. Th- well, originally we said if we hit a thousand members in a year, Joe would get 
a tattoo, but I think it's morphed along the way. Yeah, I think it's morphed along the way to just say when we reach at that because we're at eight. I think we're at eight fifty five. Eight fifty five. Yeah, yeah. So you know we're we're just about there. So Joe's the the mission to ink Joe is closing in on um, making that happen. How do you feel about that? Uh, Well, my daughter already has some, so she's she's all on board with it. She can't wait to see me get it, and. I'm definitely on board with it. Um, I think just uh, it's uh, the mark of my survivorship, <laughs> but uh, I'm excited about it. So. I love it. Do you have your design planned? I don't, although I've had a couple of guys in the group reach out to me that are currently seeking out a design. And right. I've, yeah, uh, I've seen a couple of them. Okay. So I, I have pledged. That <laughs> I've seen the full sleeve. But anyway, no. I, I've pledged when this happens that I'm going to, I will do everything I can to be there yes. and to yes. live stream this on all gonna, of my, on every platform I can ever imagine because the world needs to see Joe. Well, I mean, depending Cringes, on the location yeah. again, no one wants to see forest bathing and no <laughs> one wants to see you, you know, in a, in a strange, <laughs> getting a tattoo in a, in a strange spot. Do you have a, a spot like a back? Uh, arm what are we thinking probably a, probably an upper arm probably upper arm right, area that's what i'm thinking yeah god i can't wait for this i know the wolf pack can't wait for this so help us get to a thousand let's do this <laughs> <laughs> all right my well, man I, I think we'll be there before we know it i think we will it, we, absolutely uh, it's an honor uh, it's uh, and i'm so you know your trip up here from north carolina to maine to hang with me for that weekend do the and do the uh the tree ceremony, man, mm-hmm. it's one of the highlights, one of the highlights was, of, of all this. That was, a, that was an incredible weekend. So I look forward to getting down to, I absolutely feel like in 2021, I will have a chance to come check out the Bullock uh, compound down there in uh, North Carolina. And uh, I'm looking forward to, to doing that and uh, seeing your family and, and having some barbecue. Definitely. Definitely. We'll do it. All right, brother. Sure. Great to talk to you, man. All right, man. Take care. We'll talk to you soon. Love you, Rob. Love you. Thanks for listening to the Man Up to Cancer podcast. If you want to get behind our mission, you can connect with us, subscribe to our email list, and check out our other content at manuptocancer.com. And if you know a man struggling with the isolation that cancer can bring, let him know about us. The Wolfpack doors are always open. Oh,